Welcome to the Yadkin Examine. My name is Jonathan Gaylord, the pastor at Yadkinville United Methodist Church, and the Yadkin Examine is a weekly podcast where every Monday we take a moment to reflect on the past week, give thanks to God, and seek strength for the day and week to come. The Examine comes out of a technique described by Ignatius Loyola and is still practiced by Jesuits twice daily. We've adapted it here to help us reflect on the events in our lives and discern God's presence and will for us. We'll use prompts for self-reflection from various sources, like the 22 questions John Wesley and the Holy Club at Oxford would ask themselves daily. In addition to that, we'll hear an excerpt from Sunday's sermon, and we'll draw some reflection questions from the sermon, our worship, and the scripture text. The reflection questions are listed in the show notes, and you may want to copy them so that you can write out your answers as a journaling practice. As we prepare to pray together, I invite you to take a moment to center your body, heart, and mind for prayer, maybe through taking several deep breaths, finding a comfortable posture, anything that helps you to be present to the Holy Spirit in our midst. Let us begin with an excerpt from the August 20th sermon preached by me, Jonathan Gaylord, on Genesis chapter 41. But we're also people of hope, people who believe that God did not bring us here to leave us here. God did not lead us to this point and said, well, I got you this far, the rest is on you. We are people who believe that when Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross for our sins and everything looked like it was over, when everything, imagine being the disciples in the upper room, Jesus is dead on Saturday. This is a problem we cannot solve. Peter looking at James and going, well, what do we do now? I would be shocked and surprised if any of them actually came up with the idea of like, well, maybe we can bring Jesus back from the dead. Maybe we can invent a time machine and go go back to Thursday and get him out of the garden a little bit earlier. Here are the disciples in the upper room thinking, this problem is too big. And yeah, it might be too big for them. But it's not too big for God. And so on Sunday morning, the stone in front of the tomb is rolled away and Jesus comes strolling out. And God did not bring us to this point to say, well, that's that good luck. The God of Easter Sunday is the God of Yadkinville United Methodist Church, is the God of the United Methodist Church, is the God of the whole church. And when we find ourselves face to face, either in our own lives with a problem that just seems too big to handle, when we find ourselves face to face as a church with statistics that just don't make sense, that challenge the very core of our being, that seem like a problem that's beyond the scope of our control, we remember that we are people of hope that we are people of God, that we are people of resurrection, and nothing that I did, nothing that any of you did, made the resurrection happen. That was God's work, and that God who brought us here is not going to leave us here. And so, like Joseph, who interprets this dream for Pharaoh, we can look at the problem and go, seven years of famine. That's too, that's too many years of famine. What do we do? And Joseph said, well, here's a sensible plan. Put aside one-fifth of the grain. Store it up. You know it's coming. Get ready. When it's time, distribute it. 
It's actually like a, a pretty pivotal point in Joseph's story because it leads to next week when we get to meet his family again. And we, as the church, when we look at more people leaving the church, when we look at years and decades of decline, of lowering church membership, we can look around and say, that doesn't quite make sense because the world people are still looking for hope. People are still looking for community. People are still looking for places to find purpose and meaning. If 89% of people who have never gone to church are willing to give it a shot, if only someone would invite them, I think that's a pretty good place to start. And yeah, it's like that first person coming to the playground, seeing that the slide was gone and saying, well, I've got a dirty old basketball hoop. I'll bring that. And the next person saying, well, I've got a scooter. I'll bring that. I've got a little tyke's four-wall playset. I'll bring that. It doesn't seem like a lot, but when the people of God grab on to the fact that we are people of resurrection and that God did not bring us here to leave us here, when we take that next baby step, when we extend that invitation, when we look at the problems of this world and say, God is with us, we are not alone, the playground gets filled. People encounter the life-changing, transforming grace of Jesus Christ. When we take those little steps, we, as the church, are able to change the world. Because we know that the God who brought Jesus back from the dead, the God who pulled Joseph out of the pit, the God who put Joseph in front of Pharaoh and told him what this dream means, we know that that God is with us. We know that that God will not and has not left us alone. So we give thanks and glory to God. And we go... And we look and see if we have a little Tykes basketball set. We go and we think about who do I see every week that needs to know they are loved and they have a place in God's house. Thanks be to God. Amen. Almighty God, thank you for this opportunity to come before you. Fill us with your grace. May this time we spend in prayer be restorative to our souls, and put our hearts at ease and at peace as we come into your presence. Prayerfully review your past week. What are you thankful for? Where did the Holy Spirit move? As we consider where we may have fallen short, ask yourself these questions drawn from John Wesley and the Holy Club. Is Christ real to me?
am I consciously or unconsciously creating the impression that I am better than I really am? In other words, am I a hypocrite? Am I honest in all my acts and words, or do I exaggerate? As we look at the week that is to come, ask yourself these questions drawn from the sermon and our scripture text. Where do you need hope in your life right now? Who can you have a conversation about your faith with? Is there anyone who you can invite to worship or to pray the Yadkin examine with? Almighty God, thank you for the hope that you've given to us, that you brought us here and will not leave us. As we look at the week that stretches before us, may we see your grace, may we know your love, and may we be, and may we be prepared to share your hope. We pray all this through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Before we return to the busyness of our weeks, let us reflect once more on Genesis chapter 41, verses 1 through 36. For our first reading, the invitation is to listen for one word or phrase from the scripture passage that the Holy Spirit might be offering to you. Hear our first reading of Genesis chapter 41, verses 1 through 36. After two whole years, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing by the Nile. And there came up out of the Nile seven sleek and fat cows, and they grazed in the reed grass. Then seven other cows, ugly and thin, came up out of the Nile after them, and stood by the other cows on the bank of the Nile. The ugly and thin cows ate up the seven sleek and fat cows, and Pharaoh awoke. Then he fell asleep and dreamed a second time. Seven ears of grain, plump and good, were growing on one stalk. Then seven ears, thin and blighted by the east wind, sprouted after them. The thin ears swallowed up the seven plump and full ears. Pharaoh awoke, and it was a dream. In the morning his spirit was troubled, so he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men. Pharaoh told them his dreams, but there was no one who could interpret them to Pharaoh. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, I remember my faults today. Once Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me and the chief baker in custody in the house of the captain of the guard. We dreamed on the same night, he and I, each having a dream with its own meaning. A young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. When we told him, he interpreted our dreams to us, giving an interpretation to each according to his dream. As he interpreted to us, so it turned out. I was restored to my office, and the baker was hanged. Then Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he was hurriedly brought out of the dungeon. When he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came in before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph answered Pharaoh, It is not I. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, In my dream I was standing on the banks of the Nile, and seven cows, fat and sleek, came up out of the Nile, and fed in the reed grass. Then seven other cows came up after them, poor and very ugly and thin, Never had I seen such ugly ones in all the land of Egypt. The thin and ugly cows ate up the first seven fat cows, but when they had eaten them, no one would have known that they had done so, for they were still as ugly as before. Then I awoke. I fell asleep a second time, 
And I saw in my dream seven ears of grain, full and good, growing with one stalk, and seven ears, withered, thin, and blighted by the east wind, sprouting up after them. And the thin ears swallowed up the seven good ears. But when I told it to the magicians, there was no one who could explain it to me. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, Pharaoh's dreams are one and the same. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good years are seven years. The dreams are one. The seven lean and ugly cows that came up after them are seven years, as are the seven empty ears blighted by the east wind. They are seven years of famine. And as I told Pharaoh, God has shown to Pharaoh what he is about to do. There will come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. After them there will arise seven years of famine, and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt. The famine will consume the land. The plenty will no longer be known in the land because of the famine that will follow for it will be very grievous. The doubling of Pharaoh's dreams means that the thing is fixed by God, and God will shortly bring it about. Now therefore let Pharaoh select a man who is discerning and wise, and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh proceed to appoint overseers over the land, and take one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt during the seven plenteous years. Let them gather all the food of the good years that are coming, and lay up grain under the authority of Pharaoh for food in the cities, and let them keep it. That food shall be a reserve for the land against the seven years of famine that are to befall the land of Egypt, so that the land may not perish through the famine. Thank you so much for praying the Yadkin Examiner with us today. Just as a reminder, we've got one more week with the story of Joseph. So if you haven't taken the opportunity to go back and read all of the kind of end of Genesis from Genesis chapter 35 on, I'd encourage you to do so. And remember that you can join us on Sundays in worship, either on YouTube or in person at 10 a.m. Uh, or YouTube recorded anytime. And you can also join us every Wednesday with the Yadkin Lectio. So until we pray together again, I wish God's blessings upon you and ask that the Lord might make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen. Amen.